You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. After a week off, Sam and Steve are back talking Yankees baseball. What's going on, Sammy? Living the dream, Steve. Big country music festival I went to over the weekend. Still, of course, kept up with the Yanks. I knew you were traveling as well. So big times for both of us. But we are back, and it is always good to record after a win. When it went to extra innings, I was not sure it was going that way. But the Yankees got the job done, despite some questionable managerial decisions in my eyes. But as always, is Aaron uh, Boone. Got it done. Uh, Glaber Torres, great piece of hitting. Inside out, got that inside pitch right out deep in the right center field and the Yankees on Thursday can win their fifth series of the year and would be talking about in mid-April almost a month into the season exactly three weeks actually would be talking about them not losing a series so while I don't think they look overly overly impressive and there's some injury element in there as well no one should be complaining about that i know the rays are off to a blazing start i know the yankees are five games back or whatever but not worried about that now if they're 5-0-1 in series exactly not worried about that now if they're undefeated in series six series going into the fourth week of the season no one should be complaining about that even if it's somehow a loss Tomorrow, it's whatever. It would be 4 1 and 1 in series. While not overly impressive, uh, I'm nowhere near mad at where the team is in April. I always emphasize getting out of April 500. There's some questionable weather in a lot of these places. The Yankees went to Cleveland and they go to Minnesota. Some of these Midwest cities in April, even the East Coast, the weather is just really bad. You get out of April 500 and barring anything totally unforeseen, the Yankees are going to do that. Yeah, I think you you kind of nailed it there of like not overly impressed, but not hitting any panic button. 11 and 7 doesn't look amazing, but it's fine. The Yankees are fine for what it is. They've had some very nice highs. They've had some 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 rough lows to to start the year. So it, it is what it is to to get there. And we got plenty plenty to talk about for the past like two weeks here. Let's talk about the the fun that is baseball. Aaron Judge versus Shohei Otani. The MVPs going at it with battle here. Judge rightfully stole the MVP last year from Otani, and then on Wednesday night he steals a home run in the first inning, followed by his own home run in the second inning. Judge was just an all-around performance tonight. If, you know, he won't get it, but he should have a a war of one for this game alone. Stole the Otani home run, hits the two-run home run, and then in a 2-2 ball game, makes another diving catch in center field to, to rob the Angels of another run. So literally without those plays, the Yankees do not win. He single-handedly won this game and if there's a replacement player in there Yankees lose if Aaron Judge is playing right field Yankees lose the MVP is putting on a, a show to you know to show Hey Otani to, to start this year got six home runs already on the year and is looking great Steve I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole here <laughs> was this game fixed 
<laughs> everything. Everything with the Yankees are, is clearly fixed for, for MLB M- and for ratings. MLB Network is televising this game. They're advertising it all over the place. Twitter, Instagram, when I'm watching it during my workday. I am starting to think this is fixed. <laughs> Not to go down some crazy conspiracy theory, but Aaron Judge robbing the home run from Otani and then hitting one in the first inning off the game. MLB markets all week. Sounds a little bit fishy. And but- it was also an Amazon game for the New York area too. So they're, they're pushing Amazon to to be there too so it's not just mob network they also took it off yes so you know let's add to the conspiracy here i did not know that but that is just wild anyway what a wild start i loved how when judge robbed it it wasn't even all the way in it wasn't glove. clean it, it wasn't clean by any means it, it, it hit the almost heel of his glove and he was able to secure it which was really cool to me and then hits the two-run home run in the bottom of the first inning so the stars were on the showcase. Literally, it's MLB Network's showcase in the Big Apple tonight. And you have to think the league is really, really happy. It's great for baseball fans, especially when Otani is playing in the Eastern time zone. because yeah. And he smoked a home run on Tuesday, too. So, you know, he got robbed on Wednesday. But don't forget that he, he lined the home run in the first inning uh, on Tuesday. So a home run each red series. Speaking of the MVPs going at it, did you see the Yankees selling Shohei memorabilia in their I, shop? I did. I did see that. It is crazy. Hey, anything to uh, to get those sales up. You, know, you can't just sell chicken buckets. You got you to gotta sell some uh, some Shohei merch uh, as well. And look, and, and look it, it is a marquee matchup. On Tuesday, you had the Rangers playing in a playoff game. The Knicks in a playoff game and the Yankees versus Shohei Otani. The Yankees had higher ratings than the Knicks and Rangers wow. in, New- in New York. Like that's pretty crazy. I think the, the Nets were, I think, were even on TV too, that or something like that. But the Yankees had the highest sports rating on Tuesday. That's the power of Shohei Otani. Like if you're looking for you know free agency, looking down you know, a year down the road right now, that that's what you need to see is an April baseball game. Shohei versus Judge did better ratings in that market than the Knicks and Rangers in the playoffs. The Knicks have been in the playoffs twice in 20 years. That's crazy. So yeah, that this is this is rightfully being marketed as, as what it is. These two monsters going at it and you know thursday afternoon is going to be the the rubber match here as you said the yankees try to avoid losing their first series of the year i think despite his struggles at yankee stadium from the mound it's, it's nice that the yankees don't face shohei otani on the mound here because he's he's not just a an mvp with his bat he's also going to be up there in Cy Young contention. I'm not sure he would win Cy Young this year because there is a guy named uh, Garrett Cole who uh, is the clear Cy Young of April, at least, in 2023. Holy cow, Garrett, I like it. He was the first one I mentioned when we came on for our little pregame talk here. I can't believe what this guy is is doing right now. He he has 32 strikeouts to eight walks and 28 in the third innings. He's won every one of his starts. This is the best we have seen Garrett Cole in a Yankees uniform. And we talked about it last episode, the pitch clock potentially helping Garrett Cole. It's either the pitch clock or the bananas that he's mauling in the dugout. Six innings, every start in each of his first four starts. I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but I'm going to venture to say there's less than 10 starting pitchers in Major League Baseball that have done that. Six innings in each of the first four starts. Oh, I'd say that, yeah, I agree. Definitely less than 10. And, And it's been dominant. 11 strikeouts opening day, eight strikeouts the next day. You know, I had only had... His, his rough outing, I guess, was versus Cleveland, where he went seven innings, 
two run runs, three strikeouts. That was his rough outing of the year. And then just a complete dismantling of the Twins lineup. Of they did not have a chance. They no. did not have a chance. It, it, like it doesn't even do justice here to have a complete game, two hitter, ten strikeout performance. Like that is impressive, and that doesn't even do justice how much he just dominated this lineup completely. The fact that I got two hits is, is is lucky. Just an absolute joy to watch, and this is the Garrett Cole, like I said earlier, the best version of him we've seen with the New York Yankees. And I always give pitchers and hitters. April's a bit of a mulligan. Like I said, the Yankees went to Cleveland. They go to Minnesota later this month. Some of these games are played in really, really shitty weather conditions. Not baseball weather at all. Yeah, so, so Garrett's had if, three or four at home. If he had a rough start or two, I, w- I wouldn't be sounding the alarm. No, but, no. He clearly is showing that he is his dominance is ready for the long haul this season. I mean, look, you said 28 strikeouts. Oh, sorry, 32 strikeouts in 28 innings. 13 hits, and and we discussed it two weeks ago, zero home runs in four starts. I'm going to do a quick little uh, live on air research here. When's the last time Garrett Cole went four starts without a home run? It's been a while. Zero I know that. clue. Yeah. It's, it has not been in a Yankees uniform. I think that's a fact. It, it, look, it's, it's come, he, he, lead, he led the league at home runs last year. And it was a lot of those were solo early inning jabs. But like getting that kind of monkey off his back of being the home run guy even though he's been a Cy Young pitcher, he's been you know finished since coming over the Yankees. He's finished fourth, second, and ninth in Cy Young. But he's 14 home runs in 2020, shortened season, 24 home runs in, in 2021, and 33 home runs last year, in which he led the league in most home runs given up by a start by a pitcher. So huge. I, I like the strikeout numbers. Uh, I, I like the wins, obviously. But the most important part of all of this for Garrett Cole is the zero next to the home runs. It was the story of his season last year like you said it was a lot of early innings solo jacks but it's nice not to have that it takes the air out of the crowd it's not good to have that but this year we've seen absolutely none of it and i'm interested to see how far he can keep it going he has all of his pitches working and steve i really believe the pitch clock and not letting stuff get into his head too much is really a factor i was even thinking about it on sunday like think about when you're on the golf course you take a perfect practice swing you take another perfect practice swing and then you get up there the third time and you shank your nine iron 20 yards to the right that sounds like every day for me too so i think not having him think too much and he's only had one pitch clock violation and four starts I think that has been really, really good for him. And I'm excited to see how he finishes the season. He's got four wins in April. He's going to get two more starts. Could we be talking about a six-win month and and a real push for a 20-win season? I know wins for a starting pitcher are not all that anymore. but We don't see 20 often. You do not. Garrett Cole in 2021 went five starts without giving up a home run. So 32 innings there. So he'll try and top that in his... In his next start. So what was something to keep an eye on there? The other end of the spectrum for the Yankees pitching is sadly Clark Schmidt. And I'm not sure how much longer the Yankees can continue to throw him out there as a starter. I like Clark. He's a first round pick for the Yankees. I've been begging for him to get a long look in the rotation. And he's making me look real stupid because he could barely get out of the third inning or some of these games. You know, getting consistently given up four runs in, in three or four innings is not what you need. He's he's the fifth starter for the Yankees here and, and likely will be the first one once the, you know, the injuries start coming back here. But kind of tying this into 
the injury update here, we haven't seen much from Severino. And Carlos Rondon is, is suffered a setback. So how much more of Clark Schmidt can can the Yankees take in the rotation while we wait for these injuries to come back? Well, who else is there? Is my thinking. Yeah, there's not much. So he's just gonna have to kind of get it out and, and figure things out. The Yankees have their number six and seven options in the rotation right now. So I'm not really sure there, there's many more avenues to go and it sucks because the bullpen's getting eaten getting up. taxed was, every time it, it was hamilton was the only one not to appear in the angel series so far when they brought him in they mentioned that on the broadcast yeah and he, had, so he came in the next inning so yeah every every pitcher has appeared in, in this the first two games of a three-game series right now it's going to become problematic the only solution here is for the yankees pitchers to get healthy and like you said we've heard nothing on severino really and Carlos Rodon's having more back problems. I'm not feeling really good here. Uh, no. So Schmidt in four starts, 14 and a third of an innings, 14 runs, four, 22 hits, four home runs. That comes out to a whip of 1.88, astronomical. And then an ERA of around 8.74. So like he hasn't gotten past the fourth inning yet. 3.1, 3.14, 3.2. It's, you know, consistently, you know, five plus hits. But like you said, there's not many options here, but I don't know. I don't know, Sam. I I, can't, I think you got to try something. You got to try something new here. Do you do a, you know, still look at Schmidt as an option here, but do you do Mike King as an opener for two innings? And then you can get Clark Schmidt maybe coming in with a lead instead of coming in, coming in there. So he pitches two innings. So you kind of maybe do an opener situation with King and Schmidt. I don't know. Do you do, you use, Weis, you know, Greg uh, Weisner as an opener? Like, do you start going back to the, to the opener route here to try and shake things up a little bit? Still kind of use Schmidt maybe as your long man because he did have some, some good moments out of the bullpen last year. Having him go out there and then having the Yankees down three or four runs after two innings every time is not a solution here. You know, you take away those, get to get one or two of those, his starts as wins, and we're feeling way better about this 11 and 7 start. You know, we're okay with it now, but there's clear opportunity here for the Yankees to have 13, 14 wins right now. And the major reason they don't is Clark Schmidt. I really like the opener option. I, I think there's some. Good options on the roster. You mentioned Michael King, but he's such a weapon out of the pen. Do you want to, you know, waste him for the next day? I, I don't know. But like, let's get creative, Boone. We, you're making weird decisions with the with the lineup. Let's start doing some weird decisions with how you're working the Clark Schmidt. I agree with that, and I think the opener route would be pretty good. There's some options uh, on the roster. Uh, I liked how Hamilton has looked lately. Maybe you try him and then go to Schmidt. I'm not really sure. But in, in terms of starting pitchers on the 40-man roster, you're just not seeing much that's not there's really not. AL. No, there's really not a, a starter on the 40-man roster that, that you could bring up. You have Matt Crook on there. You know, Randy Vasquez is not ready for the, for the major leagues. Gomez is not ready. And Debbie Garcia is kind of being turned into a reliever here. So, I mean, do you, so you're right. What moves do you make? There's really nothing to do here besides get get some health and that's crazy and that sucks <laughs> because Clark has been given the the leash that I've been asking for and he's just completely thrown it away you know and, and you know Johnny Brito 
Another, you know, great bounce back start for him, considering he gave up 35 runs in the first inning last time. So for me, Brito is is locked into the rotation. So once one of these guys do, does come back, that that's the end of Clark Schmidt in the, in the rotation here. I think they still keep him in the in the majors and, and kind of put him back in that bullpen role and see what you could do with him. But from a starting aspect, this might be the end of Clark's career as a starter, which is sad. First round pick, he went through some ups and downs. I hope he he's got some it stuff. Out. He's got some nasty stuff on there, but. You know, if you can't put it together, you can't. Put, you don't have a put-away pitch. You're going to throw long innings, and people are going to hit you when you make a mistake. So something that the Yankees will have to figure out and and move on from. How concerned are you with the Rendon injury? I'm concerned. You look it's concerned. It's been <laughs> over a month now, and then we have this whole thing with a flare-up in the back. What are we looking for? We've said this a billion times on the podcast. you got to start throwing in minor league. Re- He's going to throw in a rehab start or two. When's oh, that going to be? At least. When, when's at least that going to be best case scenario? A month from now? Yeah, I think a the hope. From now, a month from now, we're at a week shy of Memorial Day. And that's the best case scenario. I think Are Memorial we, Day is a good uh, barometer of right now. Is I'm not expecting him before Memorial Day. Up with the Major League team or throwing a rehab start. With the Major League team, no chance before Memorial Day. I would sign up for him having a rehab start around Memorial Day and rejoining the team sometime in June. That's the best case scenario right now. Yeah, it's, this is not how the Yankees envisioned the the big money big money acquisition here. But you're you're, you're right. Same with kind of going on for for Severino. Severino's getting closer, so you know Severino would be the one to replace Clark Schmidt. So we'll we'll keep an eye uh, on what what kind of Sevy's going there. Threw a bullpen on Sunday, so good. no no bad stuff after that. Which, which was really good to hear. But Radon, I'm not really sure what's going to go on right now. If there's tightness right now, I'm giving that a month before he's in rehab games. Tests were normal, I read, but it's wait and see mode with both of these guys. Until, until we're talking minor league rehab appearances, I don't think we can expect them back in the rotation anytime soon. I'm taking that attitude for everybody, every injury. And, and Saley, the hits just keep on rolling here because John Carlos Stanton's going to miss at least six weeks. Soft tissue, your favorite thing of all time here, so don't throw your microphone, but huge blow, huge blow. Talking right before off air of how different the lineup looks with Stan in and out of the lineup. Bottom of that lineup looks like trash when Stanton's out because you got some guys having to move up here. Smacking the shit out of the ball. Prior to this injury, it sucks. Happened, looks like, in the ninth inning of a game. Big bummer. They took him out as a pinch runner late in the game, and everyone was hoping, oh, let's just hope it's... They, they, they do that when he's healthy. So, like, I didn't think anything was, of it, to be honest. He was fine in the dugout, and what do you have? It hasn't been in right field very much, just five games this season. But I don't know. I'll take 130 games of Giancarlo Stanton any day of the week. But it, it's six weeks. It looks like we're going to be getting less than that. We're, we're, yeah, we're past that already. We're already past kind of that. Like, that means he's got to be healthy the rest of the year, which is you can't you can't guarantee. Look, look. Um, He's hitting the ball. He looks like he looked good. Four home runs, 11 RBIs, really loud home runs, really loud doubles. And that's, you know, that's the bummer. Could we know that player's in there, but we know that injury like this is coming. And it happened sooner than expected. Hopefully this is the only one of the year. But but six weeks was a lot longer than I was I was hoping for there. I was hoping for a similar situation to Josh Donaldson of like, hey, we're going to put him on there just in case. Uh, we'll see him back in two weeks. Ironically enough, Josh Donaldson was supposed to play today, and he suffered a setback. But at this, at the same time, though, I'm happy they're like we won't see him for six weeks. So we're not gonna have to worry about every week of like, oh, what's going on with Stan? 
Again, we're looking at Memorial Day. Horrible. It could and be a really he, fun Memorial Day for the Yankees. <laughs> it could be. He was hitting the cover off the ball. He looked really confident at the plate. I liked what I was seeing, but the Yankees are going to have to live without him. And these bottom of the lineups are getting really, really ugly. I mean, it was vomit worthy almost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hicks, Connor Falefa, Higashioka. I, I mean, Hicks and IKF in one lineup is recipe for disaster. Luckily, to try and put a positive spin on this all is it looks like Josh Hader is going to go on a minor league rehab assignment this weekend. Josh, Josh Hader, geez. I, <laughs> Harrison Bader. As you can tell, I was at the, I was out in San Diego and watching the Padres and saw Josh Hader play in person for the first time. But Darth Bader looks like he is on his way back here, and that would be a massive upgrade for the lineup and for the defense here. And once he comes back here, I want an everyday line outfield of Cabrera, Bader, Judge, don't mess around with this anymore. Stop. Aaron Hicks sucks. Connor Fleffa, I don't even think has a hit this year. Frenchie Cordero has been fun. If you want to, you know, give Frenchie a, a spot start here to to work up, uh, you know, Bader's tolerance, or even put Frenchie in uh, as a DH versus versus righty for some lefty power. But let's get a set outfield. Let's stop messing around with some of these things here. As fun as it was to see Judge rob a home run and make diving plays in center field, Bader makes those plays in his sleep, and having Judge in right field makes us one of the better, maybe one of the best defensive outfields in baseball so let's get him back and healthy because he hasn't played this year too it's kind of been a similar to how we came on the yankees yankees traded for him and we haven't we didn't see him for a long time you kind of almost forget about him to start the year here as he hasn't played getting on the rehab this weekend and possibly seeing him early next week is a huge plus and it's the foot too and he has this year left and he's a free agent i wonder he's got motivation i wonder if the yankees would commit long-term money to him with foot foot problems i wonder if any team would that that's what i'm thinking here because he's obviously going to be a big boost. I'm not sure he's worth any long-term money. And plantar fasciitis is no joke. That does not go away. Well, yeah. I mean, there was some talks about, you know, maybe the Yankees even trying to extend him before the season just to kind of get a get a better deal for it. But, like, you're right. Coming off the injury, he's got some serious, you know, injuries in the past. So let's get him healthy and ready, and then you figure out free agency next year. If you overpay for someone who comes and, and you know, plays hundred and 20 games and is an all-star center fielder, then then you pay for it. But at the same time here, I think his foot's okay. This has been his his oblique muscle, which I think is a plus for the Yankees. But still, just another kind of soft tissue injury for a guy that he swings really hard and he flies in the outfield. I, I don't want his oblique to be bothersome. So he's taking it slow this year, you know, coming out the gate, coming back here. But it's time to, to get him back in the lineup. I'm excited for it. He was the Yankees' best hitter last postseason, hitting bombs all over <laughs> the place. So. Anyone should be excited for this. And his defense in center field is a huge, huge plus. He can't get back soon enough. This will make those bottom of the lineups a little bit more pal- palatable. For sure. You put him at center field, it, it, you know, you have him bat in sixth. If you kind of go with the similar lineup we saw tonight, you know, if you're with Volpe leading off and DJ in the middle of the order, I would slot him in right there at sixth in the lineup. And he's got pop, so it, it, it changes it. But like you said, having Hicks and Connor Fluff out there is just a shit show. So let, let's see what happens there, too. I'm assuming they'll probably get rid of Willie Calhoun for the for Bader, um, even though he started tonight. 
um, I think we can move past that experiment unless they really want to make a move and get rid of Hicks because we I think I still see that coming once a full a full health healthy team is coming Hicks is barely playing you're not gonna you, why bother keeping him as a bench player for for 30 million if he's not even playing when you got injuries from your center fielder and from Stanton. Yeah, we've talked about that before. And Frankie Cordero has been swinging a hot bat a little bit in the last couple weeks. Obviously, hasn't homered in over a week or so. How dare you, Frenchie? <laughs> he's been a re- really good story, too. Uh, I've loved that. He's a, he's a big guy. I didn't realize how his stature, I thought he was a bit more... I mean, we saw him with the Red Sox a lot, but... But they had him playing first base at times, too. So he was a laughing stock in first base. But, you know, he's got power. He can play an outfield fine. He's got a cannon arm. It's it's a loose cannon. He might throw it into the freaking legend seats. But, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with having him play occasionally. He's, he's only, his average is back down to 200. So he looked... Like, Frenchie is what he is, like former former kind of decent prospect traded for Benintendi, now kind of coming, almost taking Benintendi's spot so far this to start the year. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there too. Sam, I want to talk a little bit about Anthony Rizzo. Looking great to start the year. Average is significantly up this year for for Rizzo and there has been a few but is he being a huge benefit of the no shift or is he just kind of having a good start to the year he's definitely had a few hits that that would have been shift taken away here but but overall it doesn't seem crazy that not every hit is is from you know the the benefit of, of not having the shift but batting 311 here from a guy that hasn't batted over 300 in his entire career we can probably expect some regression, but he's been a 220 hitter the past two years. So this is a huge increase, small sample size, but it's nice to see Rizzo kind of providing this type of, uh, of power, which we are expecting from the, the short porch, obviously, but also just all-around hitting from uh, from the veteran. He is the perfect Yankee for this lineup. A, a left-handed hitting first baseman plays great defense. And I think, yeah, the average has really gone up with the shift not being a thing. I like his spot in the order. They're keeping him in that three spot right between, it was right between Judge and Stanton. I think he's in for a big, big year and his average was low last year. I think it's going to go up. And I think the shift is a big reason for that. We always saw. We definitely think a bump was coming from 220, but I was, I would have taken 250. He's got, a hit in every game but two games this year. He's getting on base every game. Like that, he's got a 411 on base percentage right now. You know, I, I was fine with the contract that, that the Yankees gave him for the clubhouse leadership and was like, all right, play good defense, hit 220 and hit 25 home runs. Worth it. This guy hits 300. This is a steal. Even if he hits 270. Uh, You're right. You know, yeah. 250 with that defense that he provides. This was a great move. This was a move I thought the Yankees had to make to bring him back. First base kind of would have been a, a little bit of a black hole. If you had DJ LeMahieu there every day, that's fine. But DJ was obviously coming off some injury concerns of his own. But he, he's been one of the best players on the Yankees this season. He's batted third in every single game, like I've said. I love what this guy's doing. Just stay healthy, right? Guy with Jersey connections. He He's like me, Jersey connections and... South Florida connections. He grew up about a half hour from me in Broward County, where I live right now. And he spent his summers at the Jersey Shore and grew up a Yankees fan. So he is one of my three favorite players on the Yankees. And I love what he brings to the table. I think the average is going to finish above 260 this season. That's a that's a huge win for the for the Yankee lineup here. Like you, they they get they get home run happy. Kind of the same thing that's happened with with, with Stan is you know you take the two twenty average, but you take you want the thirty five home runs to come with it. 
I'll take the the twenty five home runs with the two seventy average from from Rizzo. You know, if he's getting on base forty percent of the time in the three hole, it's a it's a huge plus. But you know, like you said, he does kind of lose that little protection of Stanton now. So it's going to be up to uh, it's going to be up to Glaber Torres and I guess DJ LeMahieu. You know, following up behind him for the lineup here because if he gets on base, we need those guys to uh, to drive him in. But but a great start and kind of an underrated start for for Rizzo here because you're going to talk about the injuries a lot with the Yankees. You're going to talk about how great Garrett Cole's been, and obviously Aaron Judge is looking for a repeat of an MVP performance here. But it, it cannot be understated the impact of Rizzo in the field in the lineup and in the clubhouse like you said just a perfect kind of baseball player here you know he's it's like having a second captain with him and judge which is you know exactly what the yankees kind of need it is and the lineup in the top half there's really no complaints for me everybody's hitting and rizzo is a big big part of that and the yankees brought him back before aaron judge and they're obviously close friends have become close. I kind of thought when they brought Rizzo back, Judge really wasn't leaving. I thought Rizzo could have gone and signed with a contender. That was a big move to bring Judge back. And the defense at first base, you go back a couple of years, Steve, the Greg Bird days were when we first started this podcast. (laughs) And Greg Bird. The, the Yankees went through a roller coaster. They brought Luke Voigt in. Uh, Voigt's defense was a major liability. Rizzo is the best Yankees first baseman they've had since Mark Teixeira. And he last played for the Yankees in 2016. So it's been quite some time. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of always. It always feels like it's been even longer for, for Teixeira here. And you forget that Teixeira and Judge actually <laughs> – Played on the same team for a little bit in 2016. But yeah, it's been that long. And it's a nice, constant presence in the lineup. The lefty swing is just perfect all all around um and then that's you know that's what the, the yankees are needing here sam i want to two these tie-ins together for obvious reasons here but Domingo Herman looked awesome versus the twins and got into a little bit of a sticky situation here and then earlier today mad max scherzer got ejected for some serious sticky stuff here both kind of using the same excuses or you know whatever it is it's a it's a lot of rosin it's on my hand. It's rosin and water. Tomigo Herman warned several times, it seemed like. Got to stay in the game. Max Scherzer did not get that lucky as he was ejected for sticky stuff and faces a 10-game suspension here. Kind of a crazy scenario, kind of both happening within a week for the Yankees and, and the Mets. I have no clue what to think here. Uh, they have rosin on the mound, and it's sticky. It helps pitchers rip the baseball and forget water and everything you're gonna sweat in these hot weather games you're gonna sweat in these hot weather games so i'm not really sure max treasure was out in los angeles today i'm not sure what the temperature was in new york on saturday afternoon but you're gonna sweat and these pitchers are going through motions and pitching so even if it's mild out and you have long sleeves on you're gonna have some sweat it feels like mlb this is a situation they really need to figure out it, it's sketchy. It's tough. It's I mean, look, Scherzer was a huge component of like get rid of Spider Tack. He was adamant about it. He was open about it, and he was very clear today. He's like, it is rosin. I don't know what I want me to tell you. It's rosin. I'm not an idiot. I didn't do it. I don't know. It is what it is. They said he had too much on his, on his glove. So like that's the, the difference here is he got ejected for having stuff on his glove. And Herman, they always they mentioned it was just his hand. And they were okay with the reasoning that Herman gave. He uses the rosin in the dugout in between innings instead of on the mound. Look, if, if both guys were ejected, I'm fine with that. If both guys were left in the lineup, 
and able to pitch. I'm fine with that. The inconsistency here is is tough to look at it. It is surprising that it's a guy like Max Scherzer gets gets the boot, and and, and a, a loser kind of like Domingo Herman doesn't get the boot. Two things the other one know: like, Herman looked incredible, so it makes it's like okay, he may have had too much stuff on his hands. Like I'm, I accept that he may have had a little too much stuff on his hands, and the ball was moving. From what I've read. Max Scherzer didn't look great in the first inning and really turned it on in the second and third inning for there. Maybe he did add some stuff to his hands. I don't know. But I, I, I don't I don't think either one were using spider attack. And it, what what is the official ruling on rosin? What is too much rosin? And who makes the call? It's interesting that Phil Cuzzy was the one that ejected Scherzer. He has the only three ejections for sticky stuff in MLB history have come from Phil, which is crazy. So that, I think, kind of throws us out here of like, I don't think any other person would have thrown out Scherzer, kind of knowing the history of of this umpire. But something to look forward to with the Yankees, obviously, with Herman, there's always going to be added speculation about the Yankees. And just overall for Major League Baseball, because Matt Scherzer is, what, the second highest pitcher, technically, in baseball, and one a Hall of Famer, who now is going to have on his record that he was ejected for using sticky stuff and suspended for it. That's pretty nuts. I wonder if he is going to get the suspension for the sticky stuff. But it, it, it's a sketchy, sketchy situation. It's a sticky situation. We, we, we have to. It's right there, Sam. Let's let's use it. It's a sticky situation. Um, I did see that the MLB is supposed to take the mitt and investigate it, and then make their decision on the suspension. And if you look in the video, Buck Walter walks off the mound with the mitt. So I'm assuming that mitt got washed thoroughly before it's returned to Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue what's going on here. But MLB, <laughs> MLB really needs to make a statement, especially how this involved two teams in its biggest market in the last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And that's you know something we'll keep an eye on for the Yankees overall, just because they did get kind of a close call. Maybe a lucky call with Herman. So we'll see how he looks, you know, in his next start, which is going to be on Friday versus, the, you know, the, the, the Blue Jays. So let's tie that into kind of the upcoming schedule here for the Yankees to wrap this up a little bit. Afternoon baseball, kind of probably going on right now. Cortez versus Sandoval, you know, good matchup for you know, as the Yankees try to wrap it up and win the series versus the Angels. And then the first matchup, with Toronto. And the key here is Saturday, Garrett Cole versus Manoa. I'm expecting some fireworks and I'm going to expect, not a fight, but I'm going to expect on Saturday that the teams are going to be out of the dugout yelling at each other at one point. That wouldn't be a bad prediction, especially with all the shit Manoa has been involved with over the years. I'm excited for what's coming up. First off, I want the Yankees to win. I want the Yankees to win their fifth series of the year. That is first and foremost, but this series against Toronto is going to be really, really good. And Cole and Manoa are going to headline it, obviously. Uh, The Blue Jays, 11-8. Yankees, 11-7. The AL East, four teams over 500. Red Sox, just one game back of 500. This is going to be a really, really good series and a Really good benchmark for the Yankees at the yeah, almost one month point of the season. A good early benchmark, as you mentioned. Like we played the Orioles already, who are looking good. You know they're also eleven and seven. The AL East is 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 the, essentially the AL beast. I think it's very fair to say that we're looking at at least two, maybe all three wild card teams to come out of there. So is there every game is going to be important within the division? So right off the bat here, you know, winning two of three from the Orioles. 
and now taking on the Blue Jays will be important for for the Yankees here. And then it's just, like I said, it's going to be Herman to, to lead off that series, followed by Cole. And then, as we mentioned, Clark Schmidt going to be on the mound versus Kevin Gosman. So that's going to be the Sunday matchup is obviously going to, to favor the Toronto uh, Blue Jays here. So we'll see. Clark Schmidt versus Gosman is going to be, you know, the, the underdog matchup for the Yankees. And we'll see how he does versus a lineup that we know gets a ton of hits, especially versus the Yankees. Uh, and is very deep. This is a, a powerful lineup that Toronto can put together here. And, you know, it starts and ends with, with Vlad Guerrero Jr. So, you know, if we can keep Vladdy controlled here, the Yankees have a, have a good chance to, to, to get some wins with uh, Toronto coming to town. There's a lot of great players in this Toronto lineup. Guerrero, Bichette. Springer. The, the, Springer, Chapman, the list goes on and on and on. You hope the Yankees pitching staff can contain them and I hope Herman throws like he did against Minnesota, and then you have Cole against the Blue Jays ace, and then you have Clarkson against Gallsman, like you said. that's The Yankees are probably going to be underdogs in that game at home for the first time this season. Yes, uh, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I think they, they could technically yeah. be underdogs in two of the three here, which would be kind of a, a surprise. I think the home field advantage might might give us that first one. But besides the Cole matchup here, you know, the pitching matchups, uh, I think a favor favorite Toronto and and you know they've had you mentioned Matt Chapman Matt Chapman is having a great start to this year we think about him more as a glove guy but a uh, a huge kind of literally he's kind of been following Josh Donaldson's career around you know you know huge with the A's both them then both get traded to the Blue Jays and, and put up some big seasons so if Chapman ends up on the you know with with the Twins or the or the Braves then then you could probably guess he'll be a Yankee <laughs> In, in a few years. And then just kind of other series, like you said, versus the Twins here. Uh, kind of want to mention that Joey Gallo hit his fourth home run of the year this year. I don't know who that player is, but that's not the same guy that faced the Yankees. So we'll keep an eye on that matchup. He missed the games versus, versus New York the first time around, you know, Cup. You know, two weeks ago. So we'll 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 keep an eye on that as well heading into to next week. I'm excited to see him against the Yankees. Uh, I, I wish he played in the Bronx, but I wonder what that IL stint was. It, it was pretty pretty short, but maybe something was involved in there. Just like in my conspiracy theory that <laughs> the Tuesday the, the Wednesday night game against the Angels was fixed. We will see it, uh, Sam. I want to talk to you about my my old man TikToks. Took another loss today. DJ Lemayu is killing me so we're doing 162 in 162 i'm giving out a yankees pick every game i was right in line with the yankees all record all year until dj screwed me i'm 0-3 when dj lemayu is involved in a pick uh putting me at 10 and 8 on the year here but still got some you know plus plus three and a half units uh, i think you know the the key for me here is, is getting a nice prop that i haven't hit in a while here i was thinking about volpe stealing a base the past few games, and he's just been on fire stealing bases. Um, I think he's tied for the major league league right now in, in stolen bases. So while he's only hitting about 200, once he gets on, this this kid's wheels are through the roof here, and there, there's value for him if you're a betting person trying to uh, to get him to st- get a stolen base. He is going nuts on the base paths. I love to see it. And Steve, your best hit of the season, I know it was only a quarter unit bet, but it was Anthony Rizzo hitting a home run yeah. against... <laughs> The Twins, which, he had two. Was that, which was that horrible loss. But great call on that. <laughs> I, I need to get, I, I, I get nervous. I don't like picking the huge value here because I just want some wins here. But that, that was a nice hit, uh, and I might have to do that. You know, D, Literally, DJ not getting a hit on, on Monday killed me, and then DJ not getting an RBI today. He had his chances. He had three at-bats with, with guys on base here. 
Um, and he's kind of gone into a little little slump here. So I'll have to try and figure it out. But if you're following on TikTok here, we are officially uh, 10 and 8 at plus 3.6 units here. So we're, 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 in, the, we're in the black. The, the idea of this is to make sure I'm in the black to end the year here so I can pay for uh, kids' daycare. Kids' daycare. Oh, my goodness. So we'll, um, uh, we'll make the goal on that. I'm going to be making my first pick for Steve um, sometime. Yes, that's what we need I've to been do. Eyeing, I've been eyeing my first pick. I think it's going to come in June. In oh June, I was going to say we'll we'll do we'll maybe get me on a one a month plan. Okay. We'll we'll get me on a one a month plan. But um, Steve, you got to follow him on TikTok at Angel Steve eighty nine. Uh, I love TikTok. I go down rabbit holes on oh, it all the time. Late night, it is it is so addicting. And if you but, refuse to download TikTok, don't worry, I still put the pics on Twitter, so that matches along with the the hashtag Home Run Tracker. Uh, Yankees tied for fourth in the league with 27 home runs. Sam, how many home runs do you think the Tampa Bay Rays have this year? It's a lot. 39. 42. 42. I think the Yankees are doing, have hit a decent amount of home runs here, and the Rays have hit 15 more home runs. That's basically one one more a game. Uh, so, it, you know, they, the Rays don't pop on the schedule for a while, but something to keep track of when we're looking at the, the home run tracker here. Stan hit a bomb at 485. That, that's not going to be top this year. Uh, Aaron Judge sits atop the Yankees with, with six home runs. And it was good. I mentioned Volpe with the steals here. It's nice to see the kid get his uh, his first ever career home run this week as well. It was. And all these idiots on Twitter were bashing him for smiling in the post-game interview when the Yankees had their worst loss yes, of the season. Yes. Get a fucking grip. <laughs> that's that, my advice. Get a fucking grip. I think that's, that's the way to end it here too. So, Sam, give me your final thoughts on what you're expecting for the Yankees. Wrapping up this series versus the Angels uh, on a day game coming up and then uh, heading into uh, Toronto coming to town um, for their first big series. Beat the Angels, go 5-0 and 1 in series, and then make a statement against Toronto in the East. And then we will probably join again next Wednesday after the twin series before the Yankees head to Texas for four. So the Yankees should have had three or four against the twins, but that didn't come to fruition. So I'm hoping for, for five and two in the next seven games. I like to see it. Uh, I'm that I'm going to stick with, with, with Clark Schmidt here. I, I just don't get shelled again. Keep the Yankees in the game. Give the Yankees an opportunity to stay in this. Kind of the way it's been going here. That could be a nice rubber match to, to kind of win that series and keep on that path of winning series here. So it's a huge game for Clark Schmidt. If he struggles again here, there is no way I can see him that they continue to put him in the rotation here. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Glaber Torres getting back on track. Hopefully this walk-off Glaber struck again here to get the win. Hopefully that, that kind of gets him out of his slump. I think he's won for his last 22, and that includes that that walk-off RBI here. I think that's his only RBI in those. So I need Glaber Torres to to step up here because it looks like he's going to be the cleanup hitter moving forward with, uh, with Stanton. So big opportunity for Glaber. Came out real hot to start the year and has struggled here. I hope the, the pressure of being a cleanup hitter doesn't get to him. I think those are the, the two key points for the Yankees moving into into next week. I think so, too. Get some guys back on track. And Clark Schmidt, don't get shelled. That, that's big. <laughs> I mean, he's matched up. We're going to be recording before the Texas series. But he, he's slated to go against DeGrom in game two. Oh, love so. Love it. Yeah, he has not looked great here. But we'll talk about that next time. All right. So that's, uh, that wraps up this episode of podcasting. In Pinstripes with Sam and Steve. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you tell your friends. You can get us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever else Sam puts this recording up here because he's the mastermind behind it all here. Yankees baseball, walk-off win. 
Let's walk it off. Sam, we'll see you next week. See you next week, Steve. Go Yanks.